the first day of kindergarten, you will never see so many adults cry at one time <laughs> and, and like nobody be dead. You're listening to episode 152 of the PHP Ugly Podcast, the premier podcast for PHP developers, coders, and just general geeks. I, with my fellow colleagues and friends, bring you the news and just geekiness every week, no matter what. My name is Eric Van Johnson, and with me are my buddies, Thomas Rido. Hello, glad to be here. And my other buddy... And now I was curious what, if I was a colleague or a friend. Yeah, we haven't quite established that yet. Uh, you know, we've been having a lot of back and forth about that lately, so uh, I don't know. I do think I, I learned. I was gonna say I learned that I was not a friend as of last night because I didn't take you out or do anything for your fiftieth birthday. Oh. What? Did right. I didn't say that, did yeah. I? No, you didn't. Oh, all right. I was just saying. Other, was, oh, was other people that matter in my life said it. Oh. My, well, they're smart people. My, you should listen to them. <laughs> my wife told me I was a, not a very good friend because I didn't take you to dinner. Ah. No. No, no big deal. Uh, but, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll buy you a beer tomorrow at the game. I, Which is why we're recording a night early. We are recording a night early because John and I are going to watch baseball tomorrow night. So, yay, baseball! <laughs> yay! How are baseball. the Padres doing? Is it as as bad as it always is? Uh, they started off great. Yeah, not so great now, but but yeah, they're still worth going to see. So I think I'm going to splurge. Well, we, we, we get to go. Hang on, I'm gonna finish that story and then you can go on. We're gonna go hang with our buddies at Psionics in the, the thing, whatever it's called, the the, the box, the, box, the skybox, the, the the area. You bought your the, buddy from a Psionics lunch today, by the way. I should tell you that. I'm sorry you weren't there to appreciate it. Oh yeah, <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> well, I didn't no. know you're. Oh, I did know you're going down there. Uh, so I think after 152 episodes, I'm I'm. It's time to say goodbye. I'm figuring it's time to take some some of that Patreon money and splurge on like a Fiverr intro or something, so that we can have some consistency with the intro of our show because it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> not not that the rest of the show is much better, but you know. You can give people that thirty seconds of hope that it's going to be a good show with a good intro, and then and then they just don't turn it off because it's just too difficult to turn off at it, that point. It it's already playing. Yeah. I think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to. I, I need to figure out. I don't know how big of a deal it is anymore. Of like, if if you understand the way we do our intro now, the whole idea behind it was this thought that people listening to the podcast uh, needed to associate the voice with the name. So that's why we do the intros and whoever we're introing says something so that while you're listening to the podcast, you have a reference of who that is. But I think with the fact that we're doing so much streaming now and streaming is like become like a regular thing for us that if people are really interested in who is who 
they can turn in, they can watch the stream and figure that out. Otherwise, you know, whatever. You know, they'll figure it out. <laughs> well, that was a funny explanation. I don't know why. It, it, what's, it tickled me. What's funny is, is watching Thomas lose his mind here. I don't know. Uh, talking to my children. Sorry. Hey, guys. <laughs> hey, children. Hi. He think he cares. So, did you not start the show with your little baseball clip of somebody saying something about ugly? Well, no, we didn't start the we didn't start the show at all because somebody wanted to uh, try to fix uh, images on OBS. Well, and then I tried to fix I tried to fix my audio what? and it got more broken. Yeah, that that yeah that was a terrible idea. <laughs> So no, no, to answer your question, John, we didn't do our little uh, slide into the show where the football player says, it's about to get real, real ugly. <laughs> anyway, you said you had a lot of geeky stuff to talk about today. What what were you bringing in? Oh, man. Okay. Um, well, let me talk about my one non-geeky thing. First thing, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to uh, live reposition my camera here, so because uh, this active view seems to be working, so I like this. Uh, so talk about my one non-geeky thing, and I, I don't know how much of a conversation we want to have around this. I just, it was a very interesting experience for me, and one that I had not really. I don't know what I, I had expected, but not this. Um, uh, my wife and I uh, went to a uh, benefits show yes last night to benefit the LGBT. Uh, I don't know. There might be a couple other letters I'm missing there. LGBT. Q. There was another letter. North County Q. Q. There you go. <laughs> Q. North County um, Center. Uh, which is where both my daughters uh, do volunteer work. Uh, they actually run support groups for various youths. Uh, my one daughter, Emily, I think she has a, a support group of, I think hers might be a little younger than Alyssa's, Allie's uh, support group. I think they're older teenagers. Anyways, they run support groups for, for the youth up there. Uh, that whole center had a fundraiser. Uh, last night, and it was it was this drag show, and you know the wife and I had always talked about going to drag shows because you know they they look very entertaining to us, and we you look never... you look great in drag. <laughs> yes, I do. As a matter of fact, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, I you always see them in the movies, and I guess that's kind of what I expected, like a bunch of. You know, drag queens up there singing, and and that is kind of what it was like. But man, it had a first thing. This was a completely twenty-one and over event. Uh, it was held at a, a really cool uh, place here called the Billy Up, which Thomas, you're obviously very aware of. It's absolutely from where you live. My wife used to book um, shows there. First time I'd ever been there. Matter of fact, we're looking to go to a couple more shows. There, there's going to be a, a Johnny Cash. A cover band playing there, and uh, Dennis Quaid's bringing his band there. So now the wife and I are talking about, hey, you know, the venue was fantastic. We're talking about uh, going there more often. But anyways, alcohol was being served. This whole event, I, I told my wife, I'm like, 
this is pretty close to a strip club. Like, my wife has never been to a strip club, and this was pretty close to a strip People are just, like, wadding up bills and throwing money on stage and, <laughs> and you know, articles of clothing are coming off for certain, I mean, certain acts, depending, depending on what the act was, but... It was uh, it was quite entertaining, man. I I have to, I I had a good time. There there was a couple, like of course you know I, I lean more towards the comedy, and there was one that now we're going to go hunt that particular performer down. Uh, she he I, I'm not actually sure how you the the proper uh, way to address them. The queen, I think they like to be called queens, uh, has their own show. Uh, I gotta go see her because it was hysterical. Uh, the, the act was hysterical, but and then I guess I, I guess the um, one of the hosts was some big um, celebrity in the 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 drag queen community. Uh, she won RuPaul's Drag Queen uh, TV show, whatever it is. I, I forget. My my daughter is, absolutely loves them. Um, she she's been trying to catch her act. For a while, my daughter has gone to a couple of, of drag shows where this person uh, was supposed to perform, and uh, for whatever reason, you know, hasn't. But they they were, they were there last night, and uh, the wife got a picture, and it was very entertaining. I I have I so first off, it, it might be entertaining for me because I really don't have an issue with that. I'm very secure with my manhood, with my sexuality, and and who I am and who I'm with. So none of that stuff freaks me out. So I, I, I like that aspect of it. But just the performance, I mean, mad respect for their skills, their athleticism, and their performance. And crazy, crazy good performers. I enjoyed it. So I, I don't know why I needed to share that. I just share shit like that with you guys. I thought it was fun. Yeah, you had, I saw a picture that you posted from the, the event. It looked... Like it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, I posted I've been to the belly up posted some more this morning too, so yeah. I've the... been to the belly up once to for some sort of fundraiser as well. And yeah. it really is a nice place. And I hear they get a lot of big acts, but it's a really small venue. That, well, like Snoop Dogg will perform there and other really big names. That was the thing that surprised me is how small the venue it it, it was small but Man, it fit a lot of people in there. I mean, the place got packed. But yeah, I was, I'm was i with you. And like the parking, when we pulled up, I'm like, we just happened to get parking like right in front, like a couple of uh, stores down from where the belly up was. I'm like, hey, I'm just going to park here because I don't know what the parking situation is. But it didn't seem like it was that bad. I don't know. Yeah, Have it's a good not time. bad. There's, there's a back parking lot too that for spillover. Oh, is there? Yeah. Oh. All right, so uh, yeah, that was my. Okay, if you're interested, check out my Twitter, uh, Showcom S H O C M, and uh, I have uh, pictures from last night, and then I posted uh, some more this morning. Fun stuff. Um, yeah. So Thomas, I made a huge boneheaded podcaster mistake this morning, and I couldn't believe I'd done this. <laughs> Is it as bad as me recording at the wrong bit rate and having to re-edit the podcast <laughs> again and again and again? Yes, it might. Be. I'll answer for him. Yeah, yeah, it's worse. <laughs> might be worse. Yeah. 
So John and I are doing uh, the PHP Architect podcast this morning, and a uh, great topic, a uh, great uh, author, uh, fun conversation. And when we record for PHP Arc, we had used it a little bit for PHP Ugly. We used that Zencaster, but we use it for the PHP Architect uh, because you never know who you're talking to. Like, not everybody's a podcaster, right? So we want to break out streams and trying to get people to understand how to record on their local machine is challenging. So we just use Zencaster, and it works pretty well because they're usually like just 20-minute interviews or something like that. Um, got everything set up. We go into our whole interview thing, wrap everything up. Yeah, I forgot to record the entire interview. <laughs> yeah, and we just lost your audio. My audio? That, <laughs> no, Eric's. Oh, he's back now. I, I, I switched over because I, I, I thought he did a spit take there for a second. I was hoping to catch him wiping his mouth or something. Uh. Yeah, yeah, totally. Totally, totally forgot to forgot to record everything. So, so luckily, like just before we started recording, you know, we started our local, and he decided to record the the browser window, which he doesn't normally do for these interviews. So he does have a backup, but throughout the interview, uh, we interviewed Robert Allen over in the UK, and. There are a handful of times in the interview where his internet was just glitchy, so he sounded like a robot talking to us, and you know that's how it's going to come through on that recording. Yeah. Whereas Zencaster would have got the local and hopefully missed all of that. Yeah. Yeah, so I screwed that one up, but... Yeah, but at least you screwed it up in a funny way that makes this podcast better. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's important, right? And I think I think uh, John's yeah. a fan of serverless architecture now. That was that was a great conversation we had with him. I know you've talked about it before, and you've actually messed around with Lambda a little bit. Mm -hmm. But just I haven't taken the time because when I work on so many legacy applications, that you know it doesn't make any sense for a legacy application. But hearing him talk, I was like, maybe this is something to, to really consider. So, yeah. And I think uh, I, again, spoiler: if 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 you don't want, if you want to wait for the PHP Architect interview to come out, but he, what one of the things that he said that really resonated with me because I I asked him specifically the thoughts of using frameworks within these serverless architectures, and you know he quite simply said not really a smart idea, and that's something he would recommend. really. And I, yeah, I, I think I see, huh. he, 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 he said that pulling in components, like using Composer and pulling in components makes a lot of sense, but throwing a framework at it is just too much overhead for these serverless uh, sort of applications. I had heard that it can get expensive if the overhead's not well managed. Well, you're also looking at developing in a completely different style. You know, we're used to building these applications where with the Lambda functions, you're really small, uh, discrete components, and you're really looking to use services, uh, third-party services as much as possible instead of you writing it. So he brought up, like, the router mm -hmm. that you use with, within most frameworks. You could use something like the AWS API Gateway, instead of hmm. a router. Mm -hmm. 
he the he also doesn't use frameworks in general he he's been a big fan of the slim framework which basically gives you a dependency injection and the router and and that's symphony based right uh i don't think no i don't think slim is is it it might no, i don't remember it was part it was part of another big framework i thought and then slim framework was you know the the small version but it's been years since I've even looked at it. Well, it's, it's, but yeah, like listening to him talk, it's like I really want to, really want to do a sample application just to try it out. Yeah, I, I agree. I I think I'm I'm gonna re reassess my uh, approach to serverless, and I'd really like to try to at least build a couple of components. Uh, that we could leverage. I mean, we're we're constantly building these little microservices now um, for a client, and it just seems to me like this would be a perfect example of where I could just write this one little component, throw it on a serverless architecture, and be done with it. So yeah, fun stuff. Yeah, listen think... to the listen to that podcast because there's going to be there's a lot of little nuggets on how to think about writing service architecture and or writing code for serverless architecture. Oh, and, and the interview is great. The, the interview is actually great. Uh, <laughs> even things we, like, we like, might get to record it a second time. <laughs> even things like portability, we, we address that. So make sure you make sure you listen to it. Hopefully it'll be out. Uh, the idea is to get that one out in time for PHP tech, which John will be at next week. What are we doing next week while you're at tech? Are, are we recording or not? Well, you might be recording without me. That's you're not going to put in the effort? For shame. Yeah, let me... I'll, I'll tote my microphone across the country just for one podcast. Just take your little boom mic. Take your little boom mic. You have a little boom mic for your headset. You're so, no, I don't. You're so you're so not a team player. Well, let's see. What time would it be? I'd be recording at midnight there. No, I'll I'll Possibly. do perfect. I'll do it early for you. I mean, it's up to Thomas. Thomas is the reason why we re- record so late. I want to record during the day, man. What fun so, is that? <laughs> well, that might work. Well, that'd be Thursday night. We'd be recording, and then I got to wake up bright and early for a flight on Friday morning. Friday morning. We'll talk about it. We don't have to think. We don't have to think about it right now. Mm. We'll figure it out. It's true. We do work best under pressure. <laughs> uh, I got something this week. Oh yeah, what do you got? What? Yes, I got my copy of Windows 10 Pro. Oh, it has begun. Yes. Are you are you moving over? <clears throat> I am. I'm going to be uh, after this podcast. In fact. Installing it on the laptop that never works correctly, and see if it fixes it. So, so we might not have a show next week after all, because Thomas won't have, <laughs> won't have a laptop to record on. What's interesting so gonna, is the the are box. You dual boot it. Hmm. Are you gonna dual boot, or are you gonna no. just switch over? I'm just gonna switch over. Good man. But it, on the top, it has stamped origin ireland and i thought oh that's weird 
And then I remembered that all the big tech companies say they're in Ireland so that they don't have to pay any taxes to anybody. And that's annoying. <laughs> Only the big ones that can afford to do it. Yeah. It, <clears throat> all right. And you are supporting it. So I have the 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 drama continues. Before I even go into this, I haven't switched. I haven't haven't done anything. I'm still using PHP Storm, although it's getting very very appealing to to switch again. Uh, I shared a video. John actually uh, happened to be in the office with me when I was watching a video, and they they announced a ton of new features that are coming to VS Code, Microsoft's VS Code, and oh, I, you know, PHP Storm, JetBrains, you you guys were the market leader for so long. You were very. You, you put a bunch of things in your toolkit that other people had had tried and didn't do very well. You did well, but you've kind of stagnated. You guys really need to think about adding features to PHP Storm. Um, VS Code, I, well, we talked last week about how there's, there's going to be an online version. Um, or last week or the week before. I forget when. And and you can already create an online version yourself today. But Microsoft is releasing a, an official online version that you can log into. We know we already know about this stuff. That's all pretty cool, and I'm looking forward to that that happening. But now, where I was talking about the problem I was having, and I was trying to overcome this problem of I, I I'm using multiple systems. I'm trying to keep everything in sync, all my repos in sync, and I'm trying not to use Dropbox because of the history we've had. You know, we know Dropbox is a kind of a pain when it comes to that. So I was looking for a better way of doing that, and now freaking VS Code might have a solution. They they're coming out with well, it's out now. If if you are in the VS Code world, you know that um, you can actually do VS Code Insider. And VS Code Insider is the bleeding edge of VS Code. So it gets all the features, and then Microsoft kind of lets the features play out for a while. So, like, the whole uh, live share was in the Insider edition for, for a long time. It eventually made its way into the main uh, code base. But they're releasing... Two very cool features. One really appealed to me, where you actually connect your VS Code to a remote server, and then you do your you do your work locally on your machine. But everything it does, all the processing it's doing, is on that remote server. So all the files and everything are on the remote server. If you're running like your PHP unit test or anything like that. That's all on the remote server, and it, you do your little port forwarding back to your your local machine. And are they providing the server? No, no, no. You you provide the server. It's just, it's just an SSH connection. It, it works over SSH. Okay. Well, it works over SSH. There were a couple a couple of solutions. Um, SSH was the one that that appealed to me. So you know you provide the server, and basically, you know the way they say you, know, you have your develop your development server out there. And now instead of pushing your code to your development server, you just keep your code on your development server, you hook VS Code into it, 
and you're in that server now. You're everything you're doing in your code base, all the auto completions and things like that. Uh, it's doing based on the code that's on the server. So that was very cool. And there's that's that is pretty nice. I like that. And they're essentially doing the same thing for Docker. Um, so again, if if you're running Docker containers, the VS code connects inside the container so you're no longer having to go to go through these uh these docker commands to do things into the container so the vs code is connecting into the container so yeah very very cool stuff i'll uh, i'll find that video and i'll attach it in the show notes uh super super cool stuff i don't know john did you did you watch any of that did you have any thoughts on that i was watching it along with you and i just i don't i don't have the issue i guess i've been using multiple machines for so long that i always push my code up and very rarely have that issue of needing to get code that i don't have access to mm-hmm. yeah what's your problem and Eric? it just and it just seems <laughs> like i guess it's just the the overhead of getting all that set up just seems like a pain in the ass to me well, it, it it was more than just my, addressing my issue as well. It was addressing the issue of versions, you know, using the right version, having the right extensions enabled, uh, your, your PHP INI file being c- configured consistently. I mean, for me, it was about the remote the remote uh, accessibility, but the reasoning that for the the feature it, it is a lot more complete. The problem is, you know, somebody's going to do this in production. They're going <laughs> to. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Absolutely! Absolutely, gonna that's like... going to happen. Oh my god! That is yeah, that is the happens. worst thing I've heard all week. No, that no, that's happening without question. That's happening. Yeah, I'm I'm looking through my YouTube now, trying to even find it. Holy crap! I watch a lot of YouTube, man. I got to stop watching so much YouTube. I, I done good. I done good. Getting away from it for a while, then I, uh, then I, then I'm back into it again. I, I, I saw a good YouTube that's... video on how to do that. Oh, good! I'll, I'll check it out. <laughs> the The big takeaway I had was that VS Code is way more customizable than I thought. Like, there's, they seem to be as customizable as PHP Storm is. Oh yeah, without without doubt, as customizable, and I I would venture to say more customizable. <clears throat> I would I would venture to say that. Here it is. I found it. Let me throw this on a trailer for you guys to. Boom. All right. Cool, man. So that that so was I had a very uh, I had a very surreal experience today. Okay. I went and registered my kid for kindergarten. Oh. Beginning of the end, right there, buddy. Beginning of the end. It was very interesting, very uh, like like I said, just surreal. Like he's moving on to bigger and better things. He doesn't need me anymore. <laughs> yeah, pretty soon he'll have a job and a car. <laughs> yeah, that's about that's about as quickly as it happens. Let me tell you. You know what insurance is is on those little tykes bumper cars? Outrageous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, super happy for him. He's excited about it. Uh, I was going to say, is he looking forward to it? it. Going into it, he was very, 
hesitant, like, no, I don't want to, I'm not going. But once we got there, he settled right in, talked to the administrative assistant that we met with, and then we started touring the school. And she did a really good job of, I'll give you a map to the school, which he's all about maps. Mm-hmm. Give him that, and he's, he's super happy. But then on top of that, she's like, I'm going to give you a few things to look for. And she wrote down, you know, look for their, the lunch tables and this room and the kindergarten playground. So now he's all excited about walking around the school looking for these things. And <laughs> It's almost like she does this for a living. She knows how to deal with young people or something. I, Sounds like she handled job pretty well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I tell you what, John. I don't know how it was for... Uh, I know your kid's in preschool. I don't know how it was for preschool, but the first day of kindergarten, you will never see so many adults cry at one time. <laughs> and, and, like, nobody be dead. Like, there's so many adults crying the first day of kindergarten. It's crazy. Meanwhile, I'm just going to drop them and say, go, get out. Get out here. That's the best thing to do, man. Just drop them off. Yeah. All right. We'll get back to actual code stuff. While we were watching that that video you you referenced before, I was sitting there trying to get Xdebug working in my Docker container because for some reason I I'll have it working great for a while and then all of a sudden it blows up and I'm, just gets frustrating. And it always comes back to I have the wrong environment variable or something set up where it's not connecting back to the proper remote host. Mm-hmm. But while I was looking at that. Uh, what do I see? But xdebug advertising in the PHP INI file that they accept Patreon money. They have a Patreon account that supports uh, Derek, really? the maintainer of xdebug. And I was like, wow, I guess, you know, we are content creators in, in developing open source projects. So it's not really just YouTubers or podcasters. So... It was fun. I mean, he's got fun little, like, no real gifts for the levels, but, like, if you're using this at, on a, you know, somewhat regular basis, I would recommend $5 a month. And if you uh, are a corporate a corporation that uses this for all your developers, you know, daily, then, you know, obviously you should be contributing a little bit more. And, and I mean, that is such a perfect use case, too, because... How many big corporations out there aren't paying for an expensive debug tool because they're using xdebug and have never kicked back a penny to the developer of it? Mm-hmm. You know? But yeah, John showed that to me. I'm like, wow, that's really interesting. Kind of, it's weird where you're seeing Patreon uh, stuff pop up. So you know, it's weird when Patreon pops up. Yeah, like healthcare. <laughs> or, or or podcast streams that, that are going live right now. <laughs> Just saying. Um, but, so, again, if you want to see this, you should, you should have done a screenshot, John. But if you want to see this, if you just do a, a PHP info and you have xdebug enabled, it sh- I imagine it should just show up, right, John? There was nothing else you it did? Was actually, it was actually, yeah, it was on the, it wasn't on the console. It was within the PHP info that you can show up on the web screen, on the, on a browser. Mm. So, yeah. 
Well, there's also a link in the show notes. Go support oh. Derek. He's a good guy. Oh, there, there's a link in the uh, show notes? Oh. oh. Yeah. Well, I put it down on the the list. Oh, a link to his to his Patreon. Oh, I, I see. I see. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, nice. Not to the screenshot. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool, cool. There's some other coding news this week. What? Uh, Tailwind is 1.0 officially. I think this is a big deal. Um, I have been interviewing and talking to uh, a lot of front-end developers recently, and I am surprised how few don't even have Tailwind on their radar yet. And I think a lot of that is from the fact that it didn't have a stable release. Um, but, you know, we've uh, we've been we've been giving some focus to Tailwind on a project, and it, it seems to be the same cycle with everybody involved. There's initial pushback. Uh, there's initial, this doesn't really make sense. And then there's, like, this is really cool. This answers a Bar- lot of bargaining questions. Bargaining and then acceptance. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have, we have, uh, oh yeah, I, I feel like I've completely converted one uh, of our friend and developers who's working on a, on a larger project over to Tailwind where I can now ask him for, for something and he just does it. It's, it he's like gotten over, the, the, the learning curve is, is pretty quick. Uh, I have another developer working on a smaller project who I, I'm introducing to Tailwind, and he it's kind of the same thing. He he actually started with nothing, uh, pointed him to a couple of videos, explained to him a couple of the concepts, and he's already starting to produce things with it. So I I like Tailwind. I, and again, the, the only reason I like it is because as much of an idiot as I am with front-end design and, and being able to implement front-end stuff, I'm able to do it in Tailwind because every little piece I have, I feel like I have control over and I don't have to create these you know, individual components for it. So, I don't know. I, I, I just I, like, I like the fact that I can succeed. say rounded and something gets rounded. <clears throat> yeah. it, it, like, it handles some it of succeeds. the more complicated pain in the ass stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember when you got into an argument with a, one of the developers over it and it was just like, just do it my way. Try it. <laughs> Just back down a little bit. That doesn't sound like me. Are you sure that was me? <laughs> yeah, you're right. You would have been way more aggressive. That doesn't do sound like Eric. Mm-hmm. So we actually talked about something that ended up being a little bit of uh, a little bit more controversial than I think we even. Uh, anticipated it being um that doesn't sound talk- like us <laughs> we talked about and i want to apologize ahead of time because i try to follow up and understand the current state of this and again i struggle i struggle trying to understand where things currently are but we talked about the uh, removal of the php short tags uh, a couple shows back right Mm-hmm. And it turned out um, that was actually a point of discussion on the internals, the PHP internals podcast. First thing, I found out some really cool things. 
like uh for for an RFC to pass it needs a super majority so it's not it's not over 50% for an RFC to pass it needs two thirds of of the votes to pass yeah so it's called it's called a super majority and i'm like all right well that's kind of cool well it turns out that um with the RFC for the short tags First thing, part of the confusion and part of the controversy is that the RFC was broken down into like two RFCs, one to deprecate and one to remove. And like the one to remove passed, but the one to deprecate didn't pass, which was weird, (laughs) right? It, it, It became this really weird thing. And then the one to remove, uh, like passed with, 67% 67% of the votes and it needed 66%. So it actually passed with less than one vote. But it passed. Like technically it passed. And um they looked to over like like there was some talk about overturning it and that really stirred things up. They're like, "Wait a minute. This passed with a supermajority. We're not going to overturn the RFC voting because otherwise why why do we have voting?" And that was like where a lot of this controversy was happening. And some of the some of the concerns were, were being brought up around uh, the security of it. And um, I think you know some things we talked about where it's not always obvious where the security where somebody might not be using short tags. Um, so I kind of lost I, I lost sight of where that what that current status of that RFC is. Uh, I was trying to read up on it, but but yeah, it became like a like a controversial topic, and there was some I don't know I don't want to say mudslinging, but I'm going to say mudslinging going on because like you know like one of the things that people were accused of uh, passing the RFC just because they wanted to show that a non-developer could contribute to the core. I guess the person who really? created this RFC, um, yeah, wasn't a developer. So he, or, or wasn't a core developer. Um, I think he's a PHP developer, and it was this was just like one of the things. He he does a lot of things with like documentations, uh, and he he does have a previous RFC that he he put in that removed some Travis testing or something weird like that. And there was some there was some you know, mumblings of, well, you know, we don't, we just want to make it look like, you know, people can contribute to core without being a coder. And that seemed like sour grapes. If that was really said, I, I never saw that evidence. So if that was said, that must've been said in like some Slack channel somewhere. Cause I was reading the internals and I didn't see that said in the internals, but there's so much charity that goes on there. I could have missed it. So I don't know what the I don't know what the state of that RFC is anymore. I don't know if they're still talking about um, removing it. There was there was talking there was talk about uh, a longer deprecation period. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with that anymore. But it was if you're interested, uh, go listen to that the PHP Internals podcast. And uh, I, again, I'll find it put in the show notes exactly which one it was because it was very insightful to hear about how that whole voting process works and what it takes to, to get things to pass. It, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I'd like to hear that. 
Yeah, I'll and add it to show notes. I wonder I wonder why it was split into two different RFCs and because you would think the one to remove it would also include, you know, deprecate in seven four, remove in eight, which is what I thought we had discussed the last time we talked about it. Right. And I think in hindsight, uh I think in hindsight they kind of acknowledged that, that that was a mistake that you know it should it should have just all been one RFC. Um, to kind of reduce some of this controversy, but yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't know why it was why it, I he might. I think he explains in the show if you want to go listen to it. He might explain in the show why he did too at the time. And they they and talk it could about, also come it could also come down to there's a voting period, so it's not necessarily the same voters for one RC to the next, right? Right. So it's. Sixty-seven percent of the people that vote during that time, not sixty-seven percent of the eligible voters. Right. Exactly. So it must have been different timing on when the when voting was opened for those two different RFCs. Just yeah. a guess. I really have no clue. Mm-hmm. I, I believe you are correct. So I was. Uh, looking through my email today and I guess there's some sort of new uh, vulnerability that's out there. The micro architectural data sampling vulnerability. Yes. And if you have DigitalOcean is the one that sent the email and they are admitting that it's an issue and they're telling you how to go update the kernels and make sure your machines are up to date while they also work on things on their end. Uh, just bringing it up so people know about it and, you know, make sure you keep your machines up to date. Well, and there is a performance impact from patching your system. Um, this is similar to the uh, Spectre issue that happened a while ago, uh, where there are problems with Intel's architecture fundamentally. And these take advantage of those vulnerabilities. Um, so, you know, good day for AMD, but bad day for Intel, because this is the third such hardware-level vulnerability that's been found. Wow. So the the change to, to get around that is being fixed in software versus fixed in hardware. Is that why there's a performance hit? Yes. Um, the, interesting. It's it's only like a two to three percent performance impact. Uh, there was concern that that Intel would have to disable hyperthreading to actually defend against it, but well. that didn't end up being necessary. Um, but the the vulnerability is is called zombie load. Mm-hmm. And. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's rough. I wonder, I'm assuming that there are known attacks against it. I wonder how, like, how quickly should people be worried about getting their machines patched? Hmm. I guess I know what I'm doing tonight. There is a proof of concept that will that will pull up your private browsing history out of the CPU 
and it does allow the stealing of keys, sensitive data and keys. So that's the bigger concern on a cloud provider or a, um, a server, server provider like DigitalOcean, not so much your browser history. Yeah, it looks like the the cloud systems are particularly vulnerable because if you're on the cloud, you can execute the program or execute the, execute the script and get other cloud users' information from it. Gotcha. So it's not a, it's somewhat remote, not somebody attacking my server per se. It's whatever, wherever they get in their own server set up and then attacking other people's machines that are running on the same hardware. Yes. Um, apparently the, the Linux version of the exploit uh, requires root privilege. Um, but there is a Windows version of the exploit that does not require any privileges. Well, I mean, once you get a, you spin up a virtual machine, you have root privileges, right? Yeah. So that's the concern is you go, you, you get a free machine at DigitalOcean, you're on some random hardware, you run the exploit. And they have access to whoever happens to be on that same hardware. If I'm a, if I'm understanding, it, it seems like it. Hmm. Fascinating. We need an ops person, Eric. John, I'm more concerned about the fact that you just did doom and gloom. I mean, that is <laughs> terrifying me. Speaking of doom and gloom. Speaking of doom and gloom, Adobe has sent out emails to people using old versions of their Creative Cloud applications, notifying them that now that that old version is no longer supported, using it could make them vulnerable to being sued. Sued? Yes. What? Wait. The old versions are the ones where you you paid outright and you basically had a perpetual yes. license, right? You owned you owned the software. You, no, you didn't own the software. You bought the right to use the software indefinitely until they notified people today that the indefinite term was now over. What it says the email says. Uh, we have recently discontinued certain older versions of Creative Cloud applications, and as a result, under the terms of our agreement, you are no longer licensed to use them. Please be aware that should you continue to use the, discount, the discontinued versions, you may be at risk of potential claims of infringement by third parties. Mm-hmm. By third parties? Not sure what that means, but still pretty weirdly shitty thing to do. That doesn't make sense. Why would a third party sue you for using their old product? I think they're claiming that they are the third party that would sue you. Oh. But but in that context, they're not a third party. I have no idea. He's making this Your up. Your doom and gloom is confusing me. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, he he he's making the story fit doom and gloom. Well, but I mean that's a pretty. At the same time, very confusing. That's a pretty awful way to treat customers. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, it's you talked about it. Uh, I think on the show a little while back, Thomas, about Microsoft discontinuing their their read their book program and. Now all these books that you people might have bought on Microsoft service that you thought you owned, guess what? You don't own it anymore. Yep. You know? Uh in that case though, Microsoft did refund everybody. Right. It, did, but did, still did they, they just took actually it away. refund them what they paid for the book and I believe so. Yeah, that's impressive. And and I tell you, the wife and I were looking through uh, all the movies I have on Google's movie service. And, I mean, that's an example of, wow, you know, it's not like, I mean, it's Google, right? They never just drop a service for no apparent reason that people seem to enjoy using. So I can't imagine uh, it, yeah, I've never heard of that it going away. But they, they were if they were to go away, it, it, that... That's a lot of money for me. I mean, that's that's my whole library right now of, of anything recent. Anything within the last five years, I just got into video version of it, or the uh, digital version of it. So, Interestingly enough, piracy doesn't have that problem. Yeah? Yeah, that yeah. is interesting. Yeah, it's, uh, I still have everything I want to keep. Yeah? Inclu- <laughs> include the fear of, of being thrown into a prison cell. I don't. No, no, don't, don't got that. <laughs> that one. doesn't worry. That doesn't worry you. No, oh, that's good to know. Yeah, no, I mean it's it, it. It may be a very, very real solution of figuring out a way to pirate the the movies you think you own. You know, maybe I should have been doing that the whole time, getting the DVD copies and just ripping them. I'm sure that's still a thing, right? Uh, that is still a thing. Uh, it takes an absurd amount of time. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. The wife wanted to watch the whole MCU universe in order, in order of the events that Oof. happened. She's been she's been clicking through it at a pretty steady pace. She had to skip uh, Captain Marvel because that's not out yet. So technically, Captain Marvel follows. The first Avenger, the uh, Captain America movie, if you go in sequence. So it should be Captain America, Captain Marvel. Um, but uh, So she had to skip that one. But she's burning through them. I think she's up to... I think she just started on Thor. So she's kind of gotten through the, the Iron Man, the Hulk. Uh, she's getting into Thor now. Uh, the A bunch of MCU stuff showed up uh, last night while I was playing trivia, doing bar trivia. Yeah? Which you uh, won, didn't you? Huh? Did you win last night? We indeed, we indeed did end up winning. Uh, the, the people oh, next yes, to us John, were... we did win. Thank you for asking. The people next to us uh, were yeah, quite I saw, I saw it on the... there were so many MCU questions that they didn't know because they were old people. <laughs> well, I saw it on the local news and was impressed. Three three $300. <laughs> Not a bad oh, but like, 
Split eight ways, right? Uh, split four ways. There you go. All you have to do is kill one of the people in the back alley, and then you just split it three ways. You're good. That was a that was a triumphant win for sure. Cost them ninety bucks to get into it, but hey, you got seventy five back. Well, no, there's no, no entry fee, but it's at a bar, so it does cost quite a bit of money to play. I, I was about to say, 150 bucks in beer and appetizers, and yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a win-win for everybody, really. Yeah. Well, what were some of the questions? Come on, I want to, I want to know how good I am at it. Uh, the, the MCU question I was thinking of was, uh, uh, what is the most poorly reviewed... Uh, movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe with one reviewer saying the relationship between Thor and Loki was more convincing than between Natalie Portman and Thor. Well, I mean, that, that narrows it down right there. But I, it, So it has to be the, the second one, right? The Dark World? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it, we, we, we did uh, quite well. We had a we had a sort of dream team built up of uh, tech nerd, game nerd, sport nerd, and general trivia. <laughs> it's good, good good way to round that out. Yes. Well, I'm looking forward to hanging out with my sport nerds tomorrow. Even bringing the wife with us. The the wife is actually crashing uh, guys' night. It's uh, typically guys' night when we go to the ball game, but they're playing the pirates. So I well, I've met your wife. She. I wouldn't say she's crashing. I would say she's contributing significantly to Guy's Night. She's very similar to my wife. <laughs> brings brings the energy. Yes, yes. I, I like the we we like to call it energy. That's what we call it because it's you know easier later. <laughs> no, no, I do. She, my, my wife is from the Pittsburgh area. She's she's always been a Pirates fan, which. Uh, as an Orioles fan, and the Pirates beat the Orioles in the World Series, uh, you know I've I've learned to overcome that uh, that hostility. But you know, overcome it or just fun. live with it. Live with it. <laughs> live with it. Kind of, kind of like the way I, I'm trying. I'm trying to 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 come to grips with the fact that that Psionics stole one of our best developers, poached them right out from underneath of us, and. I'm pretty yeah, sure the rest of our developers love hearing that. <laughs> pretty sure that uh, that, uh, that our CEO had a hand in it somehow. Pretty sure. Can't prove anything yet, but you know, records will be uh, will be unsealed at some point in the future. I'm I'm more upset that I interviewed at the same time he did, and he got accepted over. <laughs> I'm upset that I didn't know that until now. <laughs> it hurts. It hurts so bad. I mean, it just hurts so bad. Uh, it's not true, but it's funny as hell. So funny! Oh yeah, ha ha! We're so funny. So Eric starts getting the rage oh, shakes. Man. Just... <laughs> Good thing I'm working from home tomorrow. Don't have to face him. So you're going to you're going uh, to tech next week, huh? How fun is that? I'm excited. I'm leave Monday morning. Do you have your your, yeah, your tracks picked out already? No track. I do not. Uh, no tracks, right? I, yeah. There aren't really tracks. Oh, are three there? tracks. Yeah, that that's the whole thing. Is you have the API track, you have the testing track, the professional PHP track, security track. That's how they changed it up this year. Is it's like 
Oh, Monkeys I see. Are sit in a room. You, you yeah, kind of stick you, with one one topic the whole conference. If if you want to, I mean, they have it where you can bounce around if you want. Yeah. So you you know what's going on during each hour or fifty minute segment. Mm-hmm. So you, so you're free to bounce around. You gonna have PHP open stickers to give out? I hope so. I have some. Yes, I do have some. Say we have to make sure I have time here at the office if you if you need some. Yeah, yeah. Make sure I I have my bag full. We need some more SVPHP stickers, by the way. Yeah, I was asked again. I forgot. I know. I I have a bag of them at at home. I need to find them and bring them in. So I'll do that. I'll do that this week. I promise. All right, Mark, you heard it here. Sorry that I forgot this month. Oh man, what else you got going on? Or is it time to wrap it up? I got I got nothing else. I I was sick, so this is uh, this is as worn out as my throat can get. Oh, alright. Well, uh, yeah, I guess I'm good. I don't I don't have anything else. Sounds good. Thank you everyone for for listening. This is why this is why we need to we need to get the fiber. We need the intro and the outro because this is horrible. <laughs> All right, yeah, You've been I think that's to episode one fifty two. One fifty two. PHP ugly. Done. I'm Eric Van Johnson. I'm John Congdon. I'm Tom Wrightout. Keep it ugly. ugly. Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly, and thanks to our sponsors, the Diego Dev Group. If you're looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then reach out to the Diego Dev Group. You can find the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. That's www.diegodev.com. Show notes and RSS feeds can be found at www.phpugly.com. Follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at PHP Ugly or join us in our Discord channel. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or in your favorite podcast listener. A rating of five stars is always appreciated. Until next time, keep it ugly.